The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and the skies proclaim His handiwork. This is Good Heavens, a podcast exploring the wonders of God's heavenly creation. Welcome to this special edition of Good Heavens, and uh, Wayne and I want you to mark your calendars for Monday, February 27th, for what promises to be a very beautiful sight in the heavens. You won't need a telescope or binoculars, and even if you live in a big city, you'll still likely be able to see this marvelous arrangement of heavenly objects. In John's Gospel, we read that Jesus was not only with God in the beginning, but is God in the flesh, and Jesus came and dwelt among us, and that through him the entirety of the cosmos was created. The Greek word for cosmos means simply arrangement, and it is from this same Greek word we get cosmology and cosmetics. So on Monday the 27th, you will certainly be treated to a most beauteous arrangement, weather permitting, of course. Just after sunset, look toward the western horizon. Hanging in the twilight glow of eventide, you'll see two brilliant diadems nestled close together, Venus and Jupiter. Venus will be closer to the horizon and the brighter of the two objects. Arcing back slightly upward from Jupiter, you'll also see what looks like a little measuring cup or scoop, the glorious little cluster of blue-white stars known as the Pleiades. It is not the Little Dipper, as I used to think it was as a child, though it certainly looks like that. Then just above the Pleiades, and arcing back further from the horizon, you'll see the soft, glowing edge of the crescent moon. And if weather is good where you are, it will truly be a magnificent arrangement of God's glory. We are able to share this wonderful event with you in advance simply because of the intelligible and predictable regularity of the heavens themselves. God calls it the fixed order in Jeremiah 31, his ordinances in Job 38, which are all telling of his glory, Psalm 19. This beautiful alignment of heavenly objects is no accidental arrangement of impersonal forces but a specific expression of God's glory and ultimately of his love. The Bible tells us that God is love and that we love because he first loved us. The beauty of Venus in the evening and at times morning sky, for example, brought to mind to the ancients the idea of love. In Greco-Roman lore, Venus is the goddess of love. But Venus's radiant light is not a reflection of the beauty or love of a pagan goddess, but is ultimately a reflection of God's love and glory. Scientifically speaking, of course, it is Venus's atmosphere which is reflecting sunlight. Venus has no light of its own, which is what makes the planet so bright. It is the same with Jupiter and the moon. The Pleiades, however, are a cluster of stars which are quite far away from us and radiate their own internal light, like our sun.
But the light that illumines our sun, the light which illumines the Pleiades, any light we see in the heavens above us, ultimately emanates from the God who is not only love, but light itself. And in him is no shadow or variation of turning. He declared in the beginning, let there be light. He is the one who arranged the cosmos and created the sun, moon, stars, and other heavenly objects. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and the stars by the word of his mouth, Psalm 33, 6 tells us. The planet Jupiter, the king of the planets here in our solar system, reminded C.S. Lewis of Jesus, who is the king of kings and lord of lords. The great red spot on Jupiter reminded Lewis of the wound in Jesus' side as he was pierced through for our transgressions on the cross, just as was prophesied in Isaiah 53. And then the Pleiades, not a constellation itself, but rather a small cluster of stars, an asterism, inside the larger constellation of Taurus the Bull. For millennia, the Pleiades served as a timepiece for many native cultures, telling them when to plant or when to harvest. Navajo tradition knows the Pleiades as the Dilyihi, and by the seasonal rising and setting of this cluster in late summer and spring, Navajo can ascertain mating seasons of certain animals, as well as discern the proper timing for planting and harvesting crops. And then finally, there is the moon, the lesser light God creates in Genesis, which reflects the rays of the greater light we call the sun. The witness in the sky is faithful, as Psalm 89:37 declares. And whenever I look upon the moon, I'm reminded of God graciously allowing me to interview one of the 12 men who walked upon its surface, Charlie Duke of Apollo 16. Like Lewis, for me personally, such a heavenly arrangement ultimately reminds me of Jesus. He is the light of the world, who came to give life and light to man. He took upon himself the lesser light of our humanity for our sin, while still retaining his full divinity as God. Light itself is a truly wondrous and peculiar entity. Physicists tell us that it acts both as a wave and a particle. As a particle, a photon has no mass, and these photons from Venus, Jupiter, the Pleiades, and the Moon travel through the reaches of the cosmic space and time, gently reaching our eyes, condescending, if you will, to our terrestrial creatureliness, enabling us to contemplate the beautiful arrangement of these heavenly objects and think of the God who created them all. Light is truly a miraculous and wondrous gift to all of us. It has been said by many brilliant theologians over the years that there is no perfect analogy for God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that there are always heretical dangers lurking in trying to fully articulate the nature of our true in God. I myself have no perfect analogy, but I think the contemplation of the cosmos gives us at least some insight into the nature of what God is like. We may not be able to solve the great mystery of a three-in-one Godhead, but what God has shown us about himself through both the cosmos and through scripture is sufficient.
We know that God is love, that God is light, that God is a consuming fire, a sun and a shield. And God in Christ is the bright and morning star, the son of righteousness, the king, the son of man, the man of sorrows, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and the lamb who is the lamp. By him and through him all things have come into being and are sustained by the word of his power. We can know many of God's invisible attributes through what he has made. So on Monday, February 27th, there in the heavens will be a reminder to us, to you, that our God, who is love, who is light, who is the King, who gave himself for us, has created the heavens to continuously declare and proclaim his glory. Day unto day pours forth speech, Psalm 19 says, and night unto night reveals knowledge. The heavens declare God's glory and his righteousness, Psalm 19 and Psalm 50, verse 6. I often like to think of the arrangements of light in the sky as poetic light sculptures of divine speech. There is a silent, tacit speech emanating from the light we see in the sky. I believe the heavens are indeed for signs, as Genesis says, and if they are indeed signs, then they are pointing to something far beyond themselves. In this sense, the starry hosts are messengers of a sort, declaring and proclaiming the glory of God in a language we can all understand though there are no words or audible voice. In Matthew chapter 3, at Jesus' baptism, we do finally hear an audible voice from the heavens. I think this passage is one of the most clearest expressions of the nature of God as three in one in scripture. The voice from the heavens proclaims, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The heavens are open, and the Spirit of God, seen as a dove, descends upon Jesus. So mark your calendars for Monday, February 27th, just after sunset, and go out and enjoy and contemplate the beauty that God has made. Venus, Jupiter, the Pleiades, and the moon. Remember and rejoice in God's love and faithfulness toward you in Christ. As David marveled in Psalm 8, When I consider thy heavens, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou dost care for him?